Hi, welcome to NDE TV. I'm Peggy Robinson. Today's guest is Dennis Bullock. Am I saying it right? That's Bullock? right. Yes. Okay. Uh -huh. And I was just telling him when I heard his story the other day, I carried my phone around everywhere. I was sitting on my phone and I couldn't put it down. It, it just like captivated oh, wow. me. I love your story. I love oh, your connection you. to your mother. Oh, thank you so much. Um, yeah, she uh, she is the she is the light of my life and was the light of my life and still is. Um, but yeah, um, I'm so happy to be able to tell what happened to me and that it um, affects people in such a positive way. Um, well, I'm going to start my story, and I thank you for being on my pro on your program, Peggy. I'm a I'm a fan of yours, and uh, I thank you for um, bringing. Um, mystery and 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 um, uh, the mystery of life and afterlife to to the people and to the public and um, and for bringing light to the people at this really special uh, time we're living in um, well to get started um, I had two NDE uh, uh, stories uh, the first one um, uh, was a, was because of my mother um, me and my mother were very, very close. Um, she was the love of my life. She was so uh, positive and joyful all the time. Um, she used to tell me, um, did, you, did you see the birds this morning? Did you hear them? And she was just so um, full of, of joy. That's the only way to describe it. Um, uh, and she, um, I'm a musician and I'm a, a singer and a saxophone player. And she bought me my, my first saxophone and she saved her money. She didn't have a job at that time. And she saved her money to buy me my first horn. So when she got sick um, and she died, uh, my whole world crashed. Um, I, I, she was the light in the world for me. She was the thing that um, made me know that there was joy and there was love in this life. and there, it could be a happy life. And when she, when she passed away, I was 29 years old and um, I wasn't ready for, <laughs> to lose my mother. So it really, really crushed my world. And um, I became a little bit, I wasn't suicidal, but um, I didn't care if I got hit by a car or if somebody shot me, I wouldn't care <laughs> at that time because I, for me, when my mother left this world, uh, my life was over <laughs> in, my, in my thinking. And uh, so the first uh, week and a half, I began to drink uh, every night. Uh, I had a routine. I was living in Montreal, Canada at this time. And um, I would drink every night and I would come home um, and sit on my bed and cry myself to sleep. That was my routine. <laughs> and um, this one particular night, I mean, how I would usually do it, I would, I, was, I would come into my apartment in Montreal, Canada. I come into my bedroom and I turn out the light, sit on my bed and start to do my, my routine, which is to cry myself to sleep. And um, this one night I came in I turned out the light, I sat on my bed, and I went to untie my sneakers. And then I saw that there was light on the ground on my sneakers. And I said, that's funny. 
uh, I know I, I know I turned out the light. And when I looked up, that's the crazy part. When I looked up, it was as if the sun that you see in the sky was in my room, right in front of me. And the love that came from this sun was like, whew, the best way to describe it was, it was like a wave. Like if you stand in the ocean and you have dry clothes on and a whole wave just covers your whole body. And imagine that the wave, the water is love. It just covered me totally, totally. And um, I, was, I was full, every, every inch of me was full of love. And out of this big light, which I now know was God, um, came two smaller lights like stars. They weren't big as, the, as God's light, but they were like stars coming out of, and they kind of floated out towards me. One was a little bit a bigger star than the other, and the other smaller star was my mother. I recognized that that's my mom. And, I, and they floated out to me. And the first thing I said to her, I said, oh, wow, mom, you're all right. I said, is that how it is over there? Because it was so much love. I, 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 the best way I can describe it is like um, if you're in Hawaii and you're on a beach, it's the perfect weather. It's the, you're in a relaxer chair. It's the perfect breeze. You feel great. Uh, there's a, you're around loving people. Imagine that a thousand times. That's as close as I can get to describe it. <laughs> and, um, and that's the first thing I said, you are right. Oh God, I said, it's so beautiful. I said, it's like that over here. And then she came to me and she started to talk to me. And um, how she talked to me was kind of like we're talking now, except I felt like the conversation was kind of shot into me. Um, even though I, I heard her just like I hear you, just like we're talking, uh, there was no delay in the conversation, but I could feel the conversation more than like, like we, I just hear the conversation, but with her, I could hear it and feel it. And so it was like, no way I could um, misinterpret whatever she said, because I also felt what she said. <laughs> and um, she said to me, um, I'm going to tell you one week in the future so that you're going to know that this is not a dream. This actually is real. This happened. And so she said, I want, I'm telling you this so you will know it to be true and you'll never doubt it. And the first thing she said, you're going to have a job uh, next week. And she said, there's going to be a doorman or a bouncer there. And she said, this bouncer is going to be a homosexual and he's going to be a psychopath. And um, she said, don't get into any arguments with him or fights. Now, I don't have anything against people who are gay or lesbian. I just want to make sure that that's clear. I don't judge anybody. But I was in my 20s, my, and I call them the Rory 20s. Um, and uh, I wasn't looking for any trouble, but it was like a Western. If trouble came, I could handle it. <laughs> you know, I, I was not an aggressive uh, uh, person, but, but in my 20s, 
I was I was ready to defend my manhood if if a a gay person came on to me knowing that I'm not gay. Um, yeah, I was ready to defend myself um, with that. And my mother knew that, and that's why she told me, don't get into arg any arguments or any fights with them. She said, just tell them that you're not like this and walk away. And she also showed me two timelines, which I found out to be timelines or two possibilities. And she said, in one timeline, you kill him, but you go to jail for life. And the other timeline, he kills you. And she said, these, one of these timelines will happen if you get into an argument or fight with him. And I said, no, mom, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fight. I, 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 I'm gonna listen to you, whatever you said, whatever you're telling me, I'm gonna listen. And then she said another thing, she said, uh, the girlfriend that you are with now, she has three kids that you don't know about. And she said, she's gonna have, try to have a fourth kid with you, but against your will, like she's gonna try to trick you or say she was on the pill and she wasn't and stuff like that. And she said, I'm telling you these things that you're gonna never forget that this happened, that this is real. And uh, what else? Oh, yeah. Then she said, and then, then I said, I said, okay, mom, I'm, I'm going to listen to you. And then I said, but mom, who is this other light? Because there was, there was another light standing next to her all the time, but it didn't say anything. And when I asked her, who is this other light? The other light spoke to me and it said, I'm an escort. And uh, it said, um, that this is exact words. This is an interruption in your life. And, uh, and I said, oh, wow. I said, <laughs> an interruption. I said, okay, but uh, I have some questions. You know, I got God in my room and my room is like Star Wars. I said, I got some questions. Uh, you know, who's gonna be my wife? How many kids I'm gonna have? Uh, why am I here? Why, what's the meaning of life? And the angel, calmly, very neutral voice said to me, I'm going to answer all your questions, but you will not be allowed to remember. So it did answer all my questions, but I only was allowed to remember what my mother said. And uh, so uh, I got, while they were there, the which I call this an angel because it just had so much love coming from it. Um, I could sense um, the relationship between my mother and the angel. <laughs> and that was very unique for me because the more after the angel spoke to me, it's like, it's kind of like I kind of connected with their relationship somehow. And what I, what I sensed or heard was like my mother was telling the angel, you got to get me over there. My boy's in trouble. You got to get me over there. And the angel answered to her, like, um, because it's love, I will get you over there. And what I understood from that, uh, sensing them, their conversation was that um, love never dies and love can break through any world. That's why she was able to punch a hole into my world, into this life, and say what she had to say. So, uh, yeah, that's something I wanted to share also. And then um, 
my mother said, uh, the last thing she said to me, she said, I love you and I will always be around you, but you, you won't uh, be as much of, you won't be aware as much of me being there as you are now. And uh, then they started to pull away. And uh, it's like somebody was turning down the heat in my room. It was like um, an ice cube melting in a glass. And as they slowly pulled away, tears burst out of my eyes. It, it burst out of my eyes and rolled down my face. And I said, nobody's ever gonna believe me. Nobody's ever gonna believe this. It's so incredible. Nobody's ever gonna believe me. And, and tears were rolling down my face. Um, but I've got the proof. <laughs> I got the actual proof. The next week, uh, I got a job. Um, my band, we hadn't worked for two to three weeks. And uh, we got a job. My band member called me and he said, we have a job. Um, uh, it's at this club, whatever. And uh, so I said, I said, great. Um, and then a little bell started to ring in my head that mm, my mother's thing seems to be coming true. My mother, what my mother said about me getting a job. So I said, I, but I didn't tell my band members about my experience because I didn't want them to say, oh, you know, Dennis is a great singer, great musician, great saxophonist, but he lost it when his mother died. So I didn't want that. So I didn't tell them. I just said, okay, great. Um, I'll, I'll be there. So I went to the job that was daytime. It's like uh, we do what we call a sound check where we check all the sound before we do the show, like a few hours before we do the show. And when I, and I got to the club, I saw that there was these two huge bouncers, huge guys. I mean, I'm a big guy, but these guys, <laughs> one arm looks, you know, one of their arm would be my whole body. They, they were huge, like the uh, Hulk Hogan type of people, wrestling type, you know, very, very, very big. And, um, so I saw them and uh, I didn't say anything. They didn't say nothing to me. We went on, we did the sound check. Um, it was in the daytime and then nothing happened. Uh, then we, later on, a few hours after, we, we started to do our show, which was at night. And uh, we did our first set, uh, my band. And uh, after we, we finished the first set, we went on a break. And we, we were talking, we were standing around talking. I was like, this hand, this is the band, and this was me. And then this bouncer, one of the bouncers, he walked by me, and then he grabbed my, my butt. And I was like, hey. And I, I said, hey, you know. And then he went into a corner and just looked at me. And I asked, I told the band members, hey, guys, did you see that? This guy just grabbed my butt. They said, no, we just saw the guy pass you, but we, we didn't see him. We didn't see that part because um, he was behind me and they, were, they didn't see that he, he grabbed me. So they just saw me react. So I said, I'm going, I got to go over there. I got to tell this guy something. At first I was angry. You know, I was, like I said, I was vigor. I was in my, my 20s, you know. And, um, and then I remember what my mom said. I said, remember what mom said? Remember what mom said? 
don't get into an argument with this guy. Just go over and tell him you're not like that. And so I went over to him and I said, hey, man, uh, I'm not like that. You know, uh, I'm not gay. I don't go that way. Sorry. And don't please don't touch me again. And the guy said, you had too much beers. That's all. And I said, no, I didn't have too much beers. I know what you did. And he said, and the other thing he said, yeah, he said, why did you tell your friends? I said, I told my friends because that's what you did. And and when I, at that point, I just said, oh, I better get ready to go away from this conversation because it's 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 getting ready to turn to the to that bad street that my mother was talking about. So I said, uh, listen, man, I'm not that way. Please don't touch me again. Thank you. And I walked away. So we did our last set and um, and we left the club. Nothing happened. I got home and then the next morning or the next afternoon, I got a phone call from one of the band members. And he said, he called me, he said, did you hear what happened? I said, no, what happened? He said, that bouncer that you were talking about that tried to touch you, um, he broke the club owner, the, the owner of the club, which was a friend of mine, he broke both rib cages, both of his rib cages, crushed them, and he went to jail for manslaughter. Who did? The, 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 grabber, the homosexual man or the? Yes, the homosexual man. Okay. I didn't know if the guy uh, retaliated or, you know. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He, he, um, he must have did something or came on to the club owner and the club owner club owner just went forward with arguments and whatever and he crushed both of his rib cages crushed them and the guy is and to this day as we talk he is still in jail Good. okay and uh so when my band member told me that i said oh my gosh that's so crazy. I still didn't tell my band member what happened to me, but I just said, wow, that's so crazy. And I, I, I told him, I said, I felt that this guy was not, was not right, but I didn't tell him why, <laughs> why I felt that. So I said, okay. And I hung up the phone and then I thought to myself, wow, everything my mother is saying is coming true. I said, if that's true, then my girlfriend, I said, it's true what she said too what she said about her, what my mom said about my girlfriend. So I said, because I've been seeing my girlfriend for about a year and a half and she, she, she never mentioned any kids. And um, basically she hid them from me and she lied. You know, she, she basically lied to me. But anyway, I, I called her and I, and I asked her, I said, hi. And she said, hello. I said, um, tell me something do you have three kids? And the phone went silent for a minute. And then she said, who told you? And I, and I couldn't even believe what I was hearing. I said, no, 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 tell me, tell me the truth. Tell me the truth. Do you have three kids? And she said, yes, who told you? And I said to her, well, I'm going to tell you, but you're not going to believe me. My dead mother told me. And I told her after that, I said, I can't be with you anymore. If you're going to, that you could, how could you deny your own kids? 
I said, I don't know what else you could be hiding. So uh, we broke up. And um, that was my first NDE story, was that. Um, and I, I learned so much from that experience um, about souls and stuff, but we'll talk about that. Do you think bit. it was like a yes. death of your soul? You were so depressed that you had NDE versus death of a body? Because I understand that. Well, um, I felt, I mean, I felt my mother's experience was more, it's more like she came to visit. It was a visit. She came to take me off this timeline, this path that I was on and put me on another. And, um, and because we had uh, such strong love, such strong love that, and she knew that I was, I just didn't know my mother was, was, was dead. And, and in my mind at that time, uh, she was just gone. I didn't know what had happened to her. And um, by her coming back and showing me that she's well and alive and she is fine. She's even better than she was in this life. Oh, that was a huge healing. It, it, it healed me totally. I stopped drinking. It, it healed me totally. I believe love can defy the laws of nature. Oh, I think it can punch a hole into this world and do many things. I can tell you that right now. It's so powerful. People don't realize that, but the, love can go across anything, any physical laws of nature, anything. <laughs> um, um, now, five years after that experience was my second NDE. Now, uh, five years after that, I was, um, I had a mentor who's, who I'm not going to mention his name just to protect his family, but he was one of the singers of the Platters. And um, that was a doo-wop group like the Temptations and stuff like that. He had um, a great career, he was an awesome singer. Um, he had record deals everywhere in America and Germany, everywhere. And um, he introduced me to drugs because I was, I was young at that time in my, in my 20s and I wanted to know, I wanted to be successful. And I started to follow him. He was like my mentor. He was a, f a few years older than me. And um, so we started to do drugs together, which I'm not so proud of, by the way. Um, but I ended up doing his last show. He died. And that was my wake up call. And when he oh, died, he died of drugs. Yes. Yes. Well, complications from drugs because he had asthma and then he took drugs and that kind of wiped him out um, over a period of time. So his last show I ended up doing, um, he couldn't even hardly sing anymore. I was singing his parts for him and he was kind of lip lip syncing because he couldn't couldn't get the air to put the, into the note. So I would do it. And just to, for the people to, uh, to see that he was, the show was still going on. They didn't really quite know it quite right away. But anyway, he died. Uh, I did the show on that weekend. He died the last day of that weekend. And um, that was my wake up call. And then I stopped, it's cold turkey. And uh, I replaced that 
because I stopped cold turkey because I didn't want to end up like him. I thought that's how you're going to end up if you continue doing what he does. So I, so I stopped cold turkey and then um, I replaced that drug with, with marijuana, which I would smoke a joint every now and then. And um, this one particular night with my new girlfriend at the time, we ran out of marijuana. So I called a friend and we were living in Montreal, Canada. I called a friend and I said, uh, you know where I can get some marijuana? And uh, he said, hey, I can get some for you and I'll bake a cake for you and I'll put it in a cake. And I said, cool, cool. I never had it in a cake. I said, cool, that sounds, that sounds cool. So he baked it, poured a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of marijuana in this cake. And um, he brought it over to my apartment and dropped it off to me and left it there with me and my girlfriend. So it was a chocolate cake, by the way. And um, so I, I cut a, a piece for her and I cut a piece for me. And I said, I never had it in the cake. I, I wonder how that's going to be. And she said, yeah, me too. Uh, I'm, I'm curious. So let's find out. So she ate a piece. I ate a piece. And we waited 20 minutes. And then nothing happened. Nothing happened. So we said, oh, it must be um, maybe we didn't eat enough. So I said, the cake tastes pretty good. So let's, uh, I cut half of the cake. You eat half and I eat the other half. And she said, yeah, that's, let's do that. And that was a very bad idea. Very bad idea. Very bad idea. So she ate half. I ate half. And we waited 20 minutes. And again, nothing happened. And we said, must be a bad batch or something. I, I, I don't feel anything. Do you? She says, no, I don't feel nothing. I said, oh, that's, that's a bummer. We, we must have got a bad batch. Then we waited another 10 minutes. Then all of a sudden, things started to happen. Uh, but it wasn't getting as high. It was getting, uh, it was shutting down our organs, our body. I was talking with her, then I would forget to breathe, you know. And then uh, I was having trouble to move. It was beginning to be hard for me to move. And she said to me, my girlfriend said to me, oh, you better call 911 while we still can. And I said, yeah, that's a good idea. And I went to the phone and I dialed 911. And, I, and they said, hello, how can we help you? And I was very embarrassed to tell them. I said, well, uh, we had a cake that had a lot of marijuana in it. And um, we feel like we are dying. Can you send someone over, please immediately come? Can you help us? Can you save us? <laughs> you know. I can imagine the laughter as soon as they hung up. Oh, they were must have on the floor, and and uh, said thank you. And and so in Canada, when you dial nine one one, an emergency call, if it has any kind of drug in it, the police are notified also. So when they finally came. I was, I mean, I was holding on to dear life because everything was shutting down. My heart was, was trying to beat and I was hoping, I was waiting and I was holding with all my, my, my might and my mind that they get here because I knew I, I couldn't stay, I wouldn't stay alive long. And um, my girlfriend was in the same situation. She was kind of frozen. We, we both were kind of frozen, like our, our body was shutting down. So they, when, they, when they arrive, the cops arrive with them. 
and the cops came and they were looking to to press us with charges but because there's no evidence all the the cake there was no evidence so they left and then the and then the uh, ambulance they they took us each of us in a stretcher now we lived on the third floor and we had our neighbors on the second and the first floor and this was at four o'clock in the morning by the way so the neighbors were looking at the window lights were flashing everywhere (laughs) and they were looking like what happened to them <laughs> you know you know and we're coming down there like i don't know it looked like mick jagger who had overdosed or something it was it was crazy and uh, so <laughs> we got into the ambulance and we got there and they put my girlfriend in one room and in the hospital and they put me in another oh yeah there's one more thing i can't forget as they were taking me into the hospital on the stretcher I saw my dead mother again. She was at the reception. She had this shirt on that she wears when she was, she has a girls club that she used to be in. It's like they go play bingo together when she was alive on this earth. And um, it's about 10 women and they would go on trips together. And she had this particular shirt on that she would wear when she was doing that, uh, when she was in that club. And she was looking through the reception papers looking for me. And, and as I was, pa- I was passing her, they were passing her. I, I said, oh, wow, there's mom. And I said, that's strange. And they rolled me into the room and rolled my girlfriend into the other room and they gave me this black drink. Now I, I called it tar in some of my interviews before, but I found out that it's activated charcoal which is to detox any, any kind of drug or any kind of chemical in your system. It tastes horrible, by the way. I don't want so, uh, yeah, I drank it uh, all the way down because I was like, I was relieved that they came because I said, oh, I think I'm going to live. I think I'm going to live. And I drank it all the way down and they left me in my hospital room for about two hours. And they would, uh, my girlfriend was having some kind of other complications. I don't know what, but she was having some kind of other complications. So they were looking at her and I was on my hospital bed. I had drank the, the, the charcoal. And I said to myself, wow, I think I'm finally going to be all right. And I'm lying in my bed. And all of a sudden I start to hear my heart. And it was like in my ear almost. And it starts to be boop, boom, boop, boom, boop, boom. And when it stopped, I popped out of my body. And I, I, and I was standing on the side of my bed and my body was in the bed. And the first thing I said then was, I'm out, I'm out, you know? And, and the second thing I did was look at my hand. I said, I'm out. And then when I looked at my hand, what I saw was like, the best way to describe it is like, if you watch television and uh, an emergency broadcasting system comes on, if you watch very late and there's no programs, but just what we call static. And in that static, there's kind of like colors. If you really look into that, there's colors in that static. Well, that's kind of what my hand looked like with a light blue grayish tint around it. And I was looking at my hand and I said, I'm out. And then, there was a, in my hospital room, there was a sink and there was a drop of water just going boop, 
boop, boop. And for some odd reason, my curiosity or my soul curiosity was like at a hundred. That drop of water was so fascinating in a soul's eyes. I, I said, a drop of water. That's exactly what I thought in my soul. I said, wow. And I said, I, the minute I, I looked, I, the minute I thought I would like to see that water, that drop of water up close, my vision just went very close and then very back, back far. And then I said, wow, I'd like to see that drop of water from every angle. And this is when it starts to get really crazy. <laughs> I opened my hand and five of me appeared around the drop of water. Now, oh yeah, wait, this, I, uh, this happened first, actually. Um, I went to, I wanted to stop the drop of water in midair. I wanted to stop it because it was dripping, dripping. I wanted to see it. So I said, it's like, the best way to describe this part was like, um, if you haven't ridden a bike in 20 years and I hand you a bike, bicycle, you're still gonna be able to ride. And that's why it was for my soul was like, oh yeah, I remember how to do this. I can stop time. And I just wave my hand across the air, just like that. And the water froze in midair. It froze totally. Then when it froze in midair, then I, that's when I said, I'd like to see this water from every angle. And I opened my hand and then five of me appeared, five of me. One was on the right, one was on the left of the water, one was underneath the water while it was in midair. One was looking at, at the three and another one was looking at them looking at that. And then it was me looking at all five of them. And I said, wow, I'm able to, and they were like me, same face, um, white body silhouette, a silhouette of a body. And, I, and when I would close my hand like that, they would all come back to me, to one. And that kind of fascinated me. So I, I did it again, Foo! and they would all appear, boom. And, and I kept doing boom, 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 boom. And then I said, this time I'm gonna add a little shake. And I shake my hand a little bit and they would appear and shake a little bit. And I'd go back and it just turned into Bugs Bunny. And I kept doing it very fast. Oh, that, that, the water about that. And then, I burst out laughing on the other side. And that was amazing. When I burst out laughing, the laugh sounded like I was in the Grand Canyon. <laughs> All the way into eternity. And I was having such a ball. Like I said, it was really like Bugs Bunny. <laughs> I could do anything I wanted. And then after I laughed, I felt somebody was watching me. And, um, and, they, and they were watching me from behind. And then I felt, I heard this voice and it gently put a thought into me. It, it's like if I gently touch your hand, gently, very gently, it said to me like, kind of like a parent would say to a child, um, you know, it, don't run too fast around the corner or you could fall. And it, it, but that wasn't what it said. It said, but that it was like in that parent way, it said, if you stay out here too long, you might have to stay. 
And then I said, oh, because I wasn't even thinking about that. It, it, it shot that thought into me. I said, oh, you're right. My heart can't stay stopped forever. And then I, and I, then I pointed myself into the direction of my bed. And that's another thing I didn't want to do. I never wanted, I knew my body was, you know, over there somewhere, but I never wanted to look at it because I was afraid that it would be in a horrible, uh, horrible uh, position or something. And I didn't want to be, be scared. So I just pointed myself in that direction. And I thought I want to go into my body and I flew, my soul flew right into my body and my heart started to beat. And then everything was fine. And um, what I got from I, that, that voice was God. And it was like a parent telling a child. Um, it was not an order. Um, it was just uh, like a parent would tell a child in a playground, don't run around the corner too fast, you could fall. It was just like that. You know, don't stay out here too long, you could end up staying. And um, so that, that really, uh, it, it's, it was so easy to die. That's another thing too. Um, dying is, was like, you're young and you're out. <laughs> or you drink a glass of water and you're out. It was no, uh, I'm dying, or, uh, nothing like that. <laughs> it happened so fast and it, it was so natural and easy. I, I didn't even believe that I, I, I was out. I was like, I'm out? But I knew that I could see some part of my body <laughs> in the bed and I'm standing. And I could see the side of the bed where I'm standing. So I knew that <laughs> I was out. And, um, and what I got from why I saw my mother was that if my mother had found me, I would have never come back. That was what I, the download that I got. Oh yeah, and that's another thing I forgot to mention, yes. It's like, while I was out of my body, it was like, if you have an Alka-Seltzer tablet and you put it in water, it starts to dissolve, right? With me, being outside of my body was the opposite. The more I stayed out, the more information was swelling in me. And the more I was discovering uh, I have powers and the more I stayed, the more powers I had. I could discover I, I could stop time. Oh, I discovered I can divide myself, but no problem. It was just getting bigger and bigger and more information. And this time I was able to bring back that information. And also um, that NDE gave me some kind of gift um, because after that, my, my life was not the same. Um, I was able to read people's energy um, and I discovered that after that because I had a, I went on to have a job, music job in a place called Montreal, Canada, and with my band. And there was like a snowstorm that day, and there was like maybe two clients in the in the whole club. And um, so my band and I were bored. We were bored. We were having our beers. We were bored. There was nothing going on. So it was a waitress there, and I said hey, which is coming over here. I'm going to tell you your, your future for fun. You know, it was supposed to be a joke. So I said, give me your left hand. 
And I, I took her left hand. Now, I didn't know her from a hole in a wall. It was the first time we played there. So I didn't know her from a hole in a wall. And I said to her, your boyfriend is paraplegic. I said, he blames you for his being paraplegic. And I said, three months from now, you're going to meet a guy and you're going to fall in love with this guy and you're going to marry this guy and you're going to be very happy. And that was it. And I just left her hand. And I didn't notice that she didn't say a word while I was talking, not one word. And, uh, and I just finished my beer and she left. And then the next year we played that same club again. And this time when I was sitting down, this way, same waitress was working there and she ran up to me and she, she looked at me and she said, did you know that everything you said was true? I said, no way, that was a joke, no way. She said, I said, your boyfriend was paraplegic? And she said, yes. I said, and he blames you for his handicap? She said, yes. And I said, three months after you met a guy and you fell in love with him? She said, yes. And you married him? And she showed me the wedding ring. And then the hairs on my arm went up <laughs> to my neck. And I said, oh my God, what am I? What am I? Have I turned into an alien or something? What, what, what's, what's going on? That was the first time I, I started to realize that I have this gift since I had my NDE. Second time was another story where, and this story was a little bit horrible, <laughs> to say the least. It was a good friend of mine who, who was also a door a doorman, but a cool guy, cool doorman, no, no, nothing strange. He loved the music, he loved the band. And he used to work at these after-hour places. And we, these after-hour places are like places that people go after the clubs close at two in the morning. These after-hour places stay open until seven in the morning where you can have a beer and you can sit and talk and it's a cool place. And um, so he works at those places, but he's again, another huge, huge, huge guy, you know. Now I, I had a, a premonition um, on Thursday that this guy, this particular guy who was a friend of mine shouldn't go out that weekend. And it was so powerful. I mean, I, I mean, it just, it just was all over me, this dread that this person should not go out this weekend. And uh, so I saw my friend uh, on Friday after my job and I started to say something to him about this premonition, but then I said, he's going to think I'm crazy. I said, how big is this guy? Who's going to mess with him? I said, nobody's going to mess with him. Not in their right mind. I said, no way. This guy's huge. No way. <laughs> and, and also I said, maybe my feelings are just kind of weird these days. So I'm not, you know, maybe it was, it's just a feeling that, that happened or I, I'm, I'm imagining this feeling or something. And so I, he's going to look at me like I'm crazy if I tell him that. So I didn't tell him. And uh, that Sunday, I went to another after hours and another one of those doormen was crying. He was actually crying. And I said, what's wrong, man? You know, this was after a job I had because I was working every weekend. He said, you didn't hear? I said, no, 
what, what, what happened? What's wrong? And he said the guy's name, which I won't say, but he said, he's dead. And I said, dead? What do you mean? What happened? And he told me that my friend, he, he met a girl and uh, after his job, and he took her to a hotel. She waited till he fell asleep and with a knife cut his throat. And he bled to death. He tried to stop her, but he had lost too much blood because he was sleeping. And she waited till he was actually sleeping. And she slashed him and it was too, too late. He had lost too much blood and he died. And I went, end up going to his funeral. And I said, if I get a premonition, even if it's for the president of the United States, I'm going to call them and I'm going to tell them. I will never withhold information again. Never. I don't care how strange it may be. I don't care what, if I get it, I'm telling. I learned that, that the was, hard way too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm telling. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, so after that, I started to do like uh, energy readings, which I do for health. I do for loved ones. I do for children. I do for, for partner, a job. And um, also I tell people about my downloads from the other side, what, what information I got. And uh, this, I remember I was doing this one, this one um, uh, guy uh, at a party because sometimes people were hiring me for parties to, uh, you know, like I'm a circus clown or something, but they would hire me for parties to, to do uh, energy reading sometimes. So I was doing this one guy who was normal, he came in, he sat down like everybody else. And he said, uh, I want a health reading. And I said, okay. And I, I said, give me your left hand. And he said, um, tell me uh, this, uh, what's, what's going on with my body? What's wrong with my body? And when I took his left hand, I could feel his body, but his body was okay up until his right leg. And what I felt was that I told him, I said, your right leg is, it's not real. And he said, he looked at me and he said, no, you are real because that's right. I have a prosthetic leg and nobody can tell because I walk just like everybody else. It, it, it's, it looks like a normal leg. I move just like everybody else, but that's right. And now I know that you are real. <laughs> And, uh, and then he, uh, he had some nerve problems that I told him about, and that was it. But that's, that was uh, part of the gift that I can do. I can, I can help people with that. And um, I can do it through the phone. I, uh, I can do it. Uh, I do it now through Zoom because it's, it's all about energy. Um, and it, all I do is I, it's not information that, I know it's more, I'm reading what their, their energy is telling me. It's not what I'm telling them. So I just, I'm just able, somehow able to read it. I'm able to read it. I can read the relationship between two people, if it's going good, if it's going bad, if the person is cheating, if not, I can read all of that in their energy. And the funny thing is people we love and people we hate I can read their energy quite easy because you actually, you connect with the person you hate because of the hate, you actually connect with them. 
and also with the love. Um, people who you don't know, it's more difficult for me to read because there's no energy connection. So um, these things, uh, uh, I, I learned that I could do. Um, and oh yeah, right. And the information that I got from the other side, that's another thing. <laughs> that's gonna, it's kind of surprising. But if you want me to tell you, I can tell sure. you some. Um, well, first thing that shocked me with my download was when I was the information I got, which was on the other side, there is no right or wrong. There is no better or better. Um, everything is the same. Um, and people who are, how I describe it is that people who are what we consider bad people, you know, people who do violent crimes and even kill people or whatever. On the other side, they're looked at more like they're taking the long way home, the long way home. Everybody's going to the mountain, which is God. Now, people who are enlightened, who help others and love, they're more on the short way home. People who take the long way home are, are, are more on the a lower vibration but they're still, they're just taking a long way home. On the other side, it's not looked at as they're bad and you're good. It's just looked at, oh, they took the, the, the long way home. Oh, she take the short way home. That's it. No better. There's no better or better. Now, the only thing um, I can say also is that a person who does horrible things and, and tragic things, um, they will feel something, but it's not a punishment. It's more of because of their life review. Because when they, they have their life review, um, God is watching, angels are watching, a whole, uh, a whole, a whole bunch of, <laughs> of other entities are watching that. Um, they're going to feel what the other person felt, not, what, not necessarily only what they felt. They feel that, but they also feel how the other person reacted to what you did in life. So like if you had an argument with someone, you're going you're gonna to feel what that person felt the moment you were arguing with them, how that other person felt. So if, for example, uh, if you're a person like Hitler who caused so many um, deaths and all so many horrible tragedies, he's going to feel what the others felt because of his actions. And that's kind of like a, a small hell, but it won't, it won't last forever because the life review doesn't last forever, but he will feel all those thousands or millions of people what they felt because of his actions. He will feel exactly what they felt. <laughs> so that's, that's, I wouldn't call it a punishment, but that's kind of, um, kind of what you you would have to endure if you're doing such horrible things. Um, but it's not to punish you. It's more to um, just show you um, what you did. You're, nobody judges you on the other side. That's another download. There's no judgment. The only person that judges you is you. You'll be the only one that will judge you. You'll be the only one that say, I could have did that better. 
that's the way it was in my, I guess it was a life review, but I didn't think of it as one when I heard the words life review, because I was judging myself. I was telling God everything that happened to me, all the abuses. And that's why I couldn't stay in heaven. I had to go home and take care of my boys. Earth was like leaving them down there with the wolves, you know? And so it wasn't like God showing my life and in this scenario, not, it was all these little scenarios I was showing God, but it went real fast. Like this happened, this happened, this happened, Uh this person, this person is not safe. It's not safe for my kids. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, the, you, everyone's going to have some sort of life review, some type of life review. And in that life review, you will feel what the others felt. Whatever interactions, you'll feel the love too. You'll feel that. You'll feel uh, any, anything that happened in the life. But it's not to judge you. Um, like I said, it, it's more to show you this is what you did in that life. That's it. Because uh, God is watching with love. God loves every person good or bad in our perception of what bad is. And that's another thing I got was that um, um, people who are, let's say, murdered or a child is murdered. And this is what I learned from my, my first NDE is that the soul knows the past, present, and future. That child that was murdered know that it's not going to stay here for long. That child knows, the soul knows. And that's how my mother knew the future. And she only, she told me, I'm only going to allow you a week, I'm going to tell you in the future. But she knew much more than that. (laughs) What did your mom die of? Cancer. Lung cancer. Um, she, She smoked, but she was always so careful not to. I she smoked, she was the only smoker I know that you wouldn't even know that she smoked. She was always con- so considerate of everybody. Um, I, I, I can't say enough good things about my mom. I mean, she she would go outside and she would have her little cigarette and then she'd put it out and she'd come back in the house and she would never smoke inside. So I don't even remember smelling smoke on her. That, that's how, <laughs> but she was a smoker and that's what happened. She died of lung cancer. And um, yeah, but- um, Are you the only child? No, I I have a brother and I have a sister. Okay. Yeah. Do they know about these experiences with your mom? Um, No, because I, uh, my brothers and sisters, they were, they're, I, I don't know if I would call them spiritual, but my sister a little bit knows a little bit, but she doesn't. She doesn't want to think about that those type of things. And my brother um, doesn't believe it all. He says, oh, you were just, uh, you know, you were just uh, sad because mom died, that's all. She doesn't want to face that, 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 that possibility. And I said, well, I mean, I, how did I find out all these things? Why is that guy still in jail? I, 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 and then I just didn't, um, I don't fight for people to believe me. Either they do or they don't, because I'm here to, to give love. I know who I am. And oh yeah, that's another thing um, that's quite controversial for people, but this is what I got in my download. We are gods. We are a part of God, but we also are gods with a big G. I mean, we can create a universe with half of a thought, half of a thought. Um, What also I got was 
the life like what we're living right now, it's like a small part of our fingernail, the energy we use in of our soul, as part of our fingernail. That's how powerful our soul is. Um, we are expressions of God. And even um, I got, oh yeah, I got downloads about Jesus that there were many, not just one. There were many. Um, I also got the download that there was, there was a Christ consciousness also, Christ energy. And this energy is like right under unconditional love, right under it. In the, in, the, in the other world. Um, I also got that um, things about a little bit about the Bible, um, that the Old Testament is not um, accurate. And uh, also that the New Testament, some things are not accurate because of the manipulation of the government and the priests and the, the church at that time. Because Jesus... Um, or one of the Jesuses, they were um, enlightened beings, they were enlightened souls that brought the consciousness of the other side to the physical. And that's why they were able to do miracles and they were able to do certain things. But um, in the Bible, was uh, King James was missed. Uh, they, they manipulated what he said um, to bring fear, and to bring um, separation. Jesus tried to tell you, he says, yeah, I do these miracles, but guess what? You can do even greater. He was trying to tell you, you're a God like me. You can do even greater. He also was saying, um, I'm a son of God, but so are you. You're a daughter of God. You're a son of God. He was not saying, I'm just Jesus, and then there's you. <laughs> It was not like that. And it's not like that on the other side. What I got, that download was that um, Jesus was an, an enlightened being who brought the consciousness to the physical. And he was not teaching judgment. He was not uh, teaching fear or punishment. And also, here's another thing I got. Karma. Karma does not exist on the other side. What what we mistake karma for is law of attraction. It's if you put yourself in a certain frequency or vibration, you open yourself up to whatever that vibration is. It's not to punish you because God doesn't punish. We are love. We are love. And our soul is made up of love. For example, Napoleon. He, he did war, he killed, and he did all this stuff. But when Napoleon dies, what's left? His soul. And what is the soul made out of? Love. His soul is made out of love. And so what, what, this is what some of the downloads I got. I also got, um, oh, yeah, here's another one. I got that um, people who die and go to hell and come back. Um, first thing I got that there, there is no hell and there is no heaven. Now I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna explain what I got. My download was that the hell that that person was in when they died is a hell that they created while they were here.
their fear of its existence because you're such a god you create that and souls that are in the hell this is a download i got souls that are in the hell they don't stay once they realize hey it's you creating the hell not god what it's me and they leave same thing for heaven when they when they go to heaven uh usually they've there's maybe there's jesus maybe there's a virgin mary and there's hardly nobody there and they really start to realize hey wait a minute this is this is my version of heaven this is this is this i'm creating this and they leave the whole point is is that when you die everywhere can be heaven everywhere you go because it's all god's light and love everywhere you go can be heaven because you are a creator god god gives you free will um to do what you want you we come onto this uh plane of existence um as to experience that's what i got we don't come to learn we don't come as a school that's my download we got we come as to experience the way to describe it is um if you read every book on how to drive a car but you never drew driven a car but you read every book you know all the information about a car but you never driven a car it's the same for the soul they know all the information but to experience a third d lower vibration they have to lower their vibration to a lower density to come to earth to a 3d earth to experience separation to experience no love to experience hate to experience all these things because on the other side you're in high vibration so that's that's one thing i got and also um i was a christian i was raised a christian in my early teens i was a christian but when i died all of that went out the window um the thing is is that um yes some of the the new testament is is true and real is is perfectly correct and a lot of, a lot of other stuff has been written over manipulated by governments and people who wanted people to be afraid of Jesus or the Christ because they didn't want Christ to take the people to take over they were afraid he was a threat to them he was a threat to the religious establishment at that time he was a threat to the government um the other thing i got was um that as being a christian is that when you if you die and you go to hell you're never supposed to leave so why did these people who died left the hell and came back why because they were the ones that were creating it they were the ones that were creating it in the first place and that's why they're able to leave and because in the bible if you're a die hard christian uh, you go to hell that's it it's forever it's done done deal and i see all over the place people who have went to hell and came back went to hell came back went to hell came back so it's it, that's my download and that that um we create we're such powerful gods whatever we fear or uh, we are creating on the other side um and the other thing is um here's something that probably 
a lot of your viewers might not might not agree with, but I'm just going to tell my my download, and that is that um, don't take life too serious. Life is really on the other side is really considered a game, and um, it's like this. I'll give you an example what I what I got from the other side. It's like you have a soul group which you might call your friends, and in this soul group you say. Hey, did you hear about that game called Earth? Yeah, I heard about it. Well, I'm going to go and play that game. Really? No. And But I'm not going to forget that I'm a god. And you go down there and you play and you come back and you say, you're afraid, oh my God, you won't believe that game called Earth. But I forgot that I was a god when I was down there. Then your other friend says, well, I'm going to go play too, but I'm not going to forget that I'm a god. And they go down and they play and they forget and they come back. And that's how it is over there. It's not as serious. And we have many lives. That's another thing. Many lives, many chances, whatever you want to call it. We have many lives. And we, we pick our parents. Like one reading, a, a person asked me, um, what's more real? Um, destiny or free will and i said both because some points in your life you have planned already with your soul certain people you're going to meet no matter what you do and others other situations is your free will um your children uh, uh you have already planned to plan that they're going to be your children your husband, you already planned that he's going to be your husband. Your best friend, you already planned it. Now, you still have free will in this life to say, I don't want him as a husband or I don't. But you already planned that you're going to meet those people, that they're going to play those roles, those souls. You might have, a, I don't know, 10 people in your soul group and they all say, well, I want to play your daughter when you go to earth. Hey, I want to play your son. Hey, I want to play your best friend. Hey, I want to play the lover that breaks your heart. Hey, I want to play um, your best girlfriend. I want to play your, your father. That's how it works. You, we, do have, we do have soul agreements. Um, but with, Sometimes but I think we're all just will. here for heaven's amusement. Uh, here's a horror film. Here's a comedy. Here's a <laughs> exactly. Just exactly. Sitting back because, and eating popcorn. <laughs> right. Well, that, believe it or not, when you come back to the other side, when you go to your soul group, that's how it is. It's like just a new movie in town. Oh, I got to see it. I got to hear it. What happened to you over there? It's like that. Um, we have total uh, free will. God loves us. Um, and I want to clear something up also. Um, I got my download. There is no... Uh, some people were telling me um, that they were afraid they, they're going to dissolve back to God. That's not going to happen. God has free will. You can... When you're dead, you can say, I want to merge with God and, and totally lose my identity. That's up to you. You can, you can do whatever you want to do, but there is no obligation or there is no uh, plan that you have, to, you have to dissolve back. No, 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 no. God gives you free will. You're an expression of God. So uh, there's nothing like that. My mother, she was not dissolving back to, to the light. Even if she came out of the light, she's not dissolving her identity, her free will, what she wants to be, what she wants to do. They, the souls on the other side are, are, are they're having parties. That, that, 
that's another thing. My mother, she had her 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 kind of like party outfit on. <laughs> so whatever she was doing on the other side, uh, and I must have interrupted with my crazy crazy <laughs> fanatics over here. She was having a party. She had, she, you know, she didn't have on funeral clothes at the hospital. She had on her her things that she goes with her her, her girls club that she used to do the bingo parties with. That's what she had on. <laughs> you see, so there is so much, um, so it's so much wonderful, and that's why you know that brought me to a conclusion with my mother that I knew that she was all right, but even better than all right, better than the life she was leading here. So uh, what I tell people is um, don't don't take life so serious. Don't take life so, so serious. Try to show love as much as you can. Um, Oh, yeah. One more thing. We are going through right now what we call the earth vibrational change. That's something I got. And that's happening now as we speak. And um, there's a story behind that, too. it's a pretty heavy story. It's a download, but it's a pretty heavy story what I got. But I'm going to tell it if that's okay for you. Okay, the story is what I got while I was uh, on my second NDE was the story of the earth. And the earth was that um, she made a, a deal with, on the other side, let me explain. Uh, on the other side, there's souls creating all kinds of games all kinds of planets, all kinds of, the earth is a, is a soul. It's not just a piece of rock. It's alive. It's a soul. Okay. And they, uh, these souls made this game called earth and the earth agreed to play the part of the earth. The soul agreed to play the part of the earth, but she said, I'm going to play this part for a couple billion years and then when my time is finished, I, I'm going to rise my vibration. I'm only lowering this, my vibration to 3D so the souls can experience in this game what it is to have be on 3D, lower density, uh, what it is to experience um, love, no love or hate or, or all these lower um, energies. Um, but when a billion years is up, when a few billion years is up, I want to raise my vibration. I want to go from 3D. Now, the billion years is up right now. And Mother Earth said, well, I want to leave to the, uh, to the souls that create this game. Now, I want to clear something to you. And that is that no soul can control another soul. Impossible. Impossible. Even um, a child that's murdered before the child experiences pain, the, the child's soul is out of the body before it even experiences the pain. You're going to hear a lot of NDEs. Seconds before the accident, they were out of their body. They were gone. It's the same. And also the child's soul knew that, uh, I'm going to leave. I'm not going to stay that long in this earth game. So the souls that created the game said to the mother earth, no, you have to stay. And, the, and Mother Earth said, no, I'm leaving. Now, she, Mother Earth made a call out at a certain time before uh, to have souls, our friends, souls to be reincarnated into the Earth. Um, we might call them star seeds. And what these star seeds do, they help her rise her vibration. An example is that if you want to move to another apartment, 
you can do it by yourself. Move all the furniture to the by yourself to another apartment, but it's going to take you a long time. But if you call your friends, they're going to help you. And guess what? It's going to take a lot less time to move. So it's the same for Mother Earth. She can do it herself, but it's going to take her a longer time. So she called these star seeds to be born onto the planet to raise help her raise her vibration. And that's what's happening now. And what that's, what that's doing to all of us who are here, it's defining currently what vibration you're on. That's the first thing. And second, it's going to divide. The people who are in fear and anger is going to be on one side of it. And the people who are in love and joy and freedom is going to be on the other side. Now, what I learned about from my first near-death experiences is that we, we have choices or what, we, what I would call timelines. And right now we have one timeline that's on 5D and another timeline that's on 3D and they're on top of each other. And what's happening is that we are experiencing super great things and super horrible things. We're seeing it all, all at the same time. Now that's going to happen for a little while, but soon the earth is going to go to two timelines and it's going to gradually go. You won't even notice it, but sooner or later, uh, all of a sudden, if you're in a, in a higher vibration, you're going to notice that everything all of a sudden turned out okay. Everything is wonderful. And if you're in a lower vibration, you're going to learn that everything is lower vibrational stuff. Now, again, I say in the other world, none is better, just different. It's like if I asked you, the number one and the number seven is which one is better? They're just numbers. None is better. On the other side, none is better. Just different. And the same with people who are in a lower uh, frequency or a lower vibration. They're just taking the long way, the long way home. They're not, it's not because I'm better or you're better. It's just different. They took the long way home. We decided to take the shorter way home. That's it. That's all. Um, what else? Yeah, this energy change, um, it's going to affect everything. Outlook. Yes, yes. It's kind of passive. Um, I've heard pe several people recently that I've interviewed talk like you are. And I kind of see it as like being passive. Like, you know, there's some people, we got to change things. We got to do something, you know, like the sky's no, falling. I, I, and then I, I, you have this. The way it's meant to be, it's the way it's going on. Yeah. Just I'm just taking it all in. Okay, well, I'm not I'm not um telling anybody to fight because I'm not telling everybody. Right, anybody right. I know you're to, not. I'm not telling anybody um to be on an aggressive path. I'm just saying that um be happier and happier. That's what I'm saying. Because um what's gonna happen is the earth. Uh, which is such a beautiful soul is giving us souls on, on her a chance to make a choice. That's all. And the other side of, on the other side, no choice is better than the other choice, just different. If you want a life of love and joy and freedom, then you're going to choose a higher vibration. And then you're going to try to keep your vibration on, on that as much, as much as you can. If you choose a lower vibration, then you're going to be like the lower people. Because right now, people who 
remember one thing, and that is the earth is rising in vibration. She is not lowering, she's rising. And the point about that is, is that the people who are on a lower vibration are trying to hold on. So they are trying to create an illusion that there are the world is getting worse, the world is getting more horrible. It's, that's the illusion they want to create because what you believe has power. That's why symbols have power, just from the ancient civilizations. That's why they always use symbols. Why? Because it makes you believe. The Indians, they painted their face red before war because they believe that they're stronger with this paint. Visual, it makes you believe. So the illusion of belief, because the ancients knew that belief is power. The placebo effect. If you believe that this pill, which is a sugar pill, has medicine and it's going to cure you, guess what? Because you thought that way, it's going to cure you. <laughs> yeah. It just feels like the energy so, so, is like in a nutshell, is like compliance or um, just let it be, just let it flow. You know, there's resistance well, the, or compliance. I don't know. Well, the thing is, I would tell you is, is to, to stay in truth but without hating anyone, to stay in your own truth without hating anyone. Um, you, you don't have to do things um, bad to your body because some other person tells you to. And, but at the same time, you don't have to hate someone who's, who's on right. that other side of that, that fence. So that's what I'm telling people to do. And I'm telling people to follow their heart, their soul, their heart. Follow the love if that's what they want. It's okay if another soul chooses, hey, I choose to have things like the way they were and I want lower vibration, I want this. That's okay. That's okay. As, uh, but you still have the right of your own body. You still have the right to put in your body what you feel is okay. You, sh you should not force something into your body because a, a, a particular news or government tells you to do so. You have to listen to your, your heart. And a person who is vaccinated or not vaccinated, um, God loves them both. <laughs> you know, so I don't, I'm, I'm not. Um, it's horrible that people are being segregated in those lines now. Just like a, if they were a different race or religion. It's yes. come down now yes. to vaccinated or unvaccinated. You know, last year's Republican yeah. or Democrat, liberal or conservative. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Exactly. There's something else but, next month. Well, like I said, uh, as the earth raises her vibration, people on a lower vibration, they're going to be going quite crazy about it because um, they're trying to hold on to their vibration. And as they, they don't know it, but that's what they're trying to do. And as they try to hold on, they even go lower because they, they, they have to do something even more lower and more lower until one, one day it's going to be a totally different timeline. And then they're going to have their, their lower vibrational earth, but they're also people are going to have their higher vibration. And um, that's my download that I got. Uh, I know it sounds a little bit, uh, you know, Disneyland, but that's really what's going on. And you can see that there's friends you might know who has been friends for years and years. And now all of a sudden they're no longer friends. Right. I want my brothers and my sister, they quit speaking when Trump got elected because my yeah, brother's yeah. against Trump. My sister is for Trump and yeah, they yeah. were thick from the day my brother was born. They were like bosom buddies. 
and they quit right. speaking over Trump, and they still don't speak. Yeah, be, yeah, because that's that's the vibrational change. It's touching everything that's on the planet, everything. You know, and vibration is a very powerful thing. I mean, if I sing a note and it matches the vibration of a glass, it can break the glass. So, so vibration is what we are. Frequency, frequency, and vibration, same thing. And um, so we're going to a higher vibration. There's more light coming to the earth. That's another thing. If you might notice, the sun is different. Um, the, 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 the light of the sun is different. We're rising. More light is coming into the planet as she rises vibration. Because like I said, the agreement is up now. And she's going to what we would call 5D or higher vibration. Where in that world, there's only going to be love, peace, and joy. And also in that world, um, you'll be quite close to the other side. You could even walk onto the other side in that world without even dying. That's how, how powerful that world is. Um, and also, uh, aliens are real. That's another thing <laughs> I got from the download. Um, they are real. Um, and they come in love, not, uh, there are some like in everything that exists, there are some that are malevolent, but for the most part, um, they're, they're more, I'd say about 80 to 90% of them are helpful, not harmful. Um, we are being watched, but they're not interfering with us so much because we have a, a natural evolution to do and they, they're not allowed to interfere with our evolution because if they came and just told us all the answers and, and you know, it would interfere with our evolution and we wouldn't, um, we would have all this knowledge, but then, you know, it's like putting a gun in the hands of a baby. If they don't, if they're not mentally up to part, it's dangerous. So when we, um, it's dangerous when um, the the extraterrestrial would, would would give us more information and more things, but they let us have our own personal uh, evolution because they don't want to interfere. And um, this is a very special time or moment, I would say, um, when the Earth is rising, our vibration for us to awaken and. Um, so they will not interfere with that, but they are around and uh, we won't be able to blow ourselves up. So people can relax about that. That's something I got too. that. Um, we're, we're not ever since 1945 is when they got the attention of the extraterrestrials as far as um, it's, it's more like the kids found the matches. Okay. Let's, <laughs> let's watch them, you know, because when we blew up Hiroshima and Nagasaki, um, that's when it, it not only affected the earth, but it affected the whole universe. So um, now we can't even, we can barely even test nuclear weapons on the planet. If you notice, they're not going to function. <laughs> In Russia, they, they, can't, they can't test nuclear weapons. It's, uh, spaceships show up and, and, and nothing functions. Same in America. So, I mean, they're watching us, uh, but they're allowing us to do our natural evolution. That's another thing. So um, they're not here to harm us because if they wanted to harm us, they would have done it a long time ago.
Interesting. Well, thank you yeah. so much for yes. all your wisdom and your experiences. And I'm sure your mother is just watching you like a hawk at all times. <laughs> well, yes, I, I talk with her all the time. And, and I would say to your listeners, you know, if you have somebody who, who has left this world, you can contact them easily just with a thought. <laughs> if you think of them, they, they immediately will be around you immediately. So, and, and they hear everything you say. They know everything. They, they are gods. <laughs> they, they, can, um, they can help you. Um, you can, if you quiet your mind, you can, you can get messages from them. Um, they do it in different ways. Sometimes uh, they may put a penny on your table or, or, or a feather or, or may have a bird hang out your window that you don't, you don't know why. Or all of a sudden a butterfly may appear in front of you. It's all kinds of things like that. They communicate with us and they know we're here on, on this earth and they know that we're, we're doing our little game. <laughs> we're experiencing um, because on the other side, we know all. So we, we, it's no lesson we need to learn. But I must say one thing, while we're doing this game, we could learn a lesson. That's true. But it's not because we have to learn a lesson. It's not because we're obligated to learn a lesson. That's what I wanted to say, clear. Yeah. We'll leave with that okay. thought then. <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, yeah, so um, Peggy, I just want to thank you for having me on your program. And um, I hope if you have any other questions, um, you can, you're always welcome to ask me and I'll be glad to, to tell you anything that I, get, that I got from over well, there. Well, thank you so much for your time, Dennis. I mean, you're like a, what rock star legend or something. <laughs> so no, it's like, wow, he no. just responded to me right away. Yeah, I'll be on your show. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I just try to answer as many people as I can, but it's it's quite difficult. If if you got picked, then then it was meant to be because I, I, I have so many um emails, like like four thousand to be honest. <laughs> So that's all people who want readings or want me to talk with them or solve the show or solve the interviews. So if I picked you, it's because I felt something from your, your letter. And like I told you, you, I saw light. I see light in your face. And uh, so what you're doing is great. I can tell you that. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll talk to you later. Okay. <laughs> all right. Take care. Take care, right. Peggy. Bye -bye. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay.